Welcome to a brand new Tuesday edition of Problematic Women. I'm Virginia Allen, and I am so excited for my interview today, for our conversation. This is a little bit of a unique show. We are talking about makeup, but makeup from a very unique and interesting perspective, from the perspective of biblical women. So I am sitting down with Hope Harvard. She is the founder and CEO of the makeup company, Hope Beauty. And this is a makeup line that she says is inspired by women of the Bible. So we get into what exactly that means, how she went from the world of politics to having her own business and selling makeup. It's a super fun conversation. I'm so excited to share it with you all. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Hope. It is my pleasure today to welcome to the show Hope Harvard. She is the founder of the makeup company, Hope Beauty. Hope, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Hope, I love stories that surprise, that take interesting twists and turns, and that are not always what you expect. And I think that that perfectly describes your life. You actually worked in the Trump administration. And then after doing that, you decided that you were going to start your own business, that you were going to start your own makeup line. That is so cool and so not exactly uh, the trajectory that I think many people that work in politics then go on to do. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love how unique it is. So I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you about those various kind of elements of your journey so far. But let's start by going a little bit further back. Just share where you're from, where you grew up. So I am a South Carolina girl. I'm one of four children, but I am, I'm not the oldest, but I'm the oldest girl. And I should tell you everything you need to know about my personality <laughs> right there. Um, I was raised in church. I was raised to love Jesus, but I didn't really come to know Jesus until I was actually working in the Trump White House. It was during um, COVID year, really. I was going through a really tumultuous time with my family. They were back home in South Carolina. I was in DC and a bar from them. And I had no idea what to do, how to help my family. Um, And it felt like my little world that was just so perfect and happy was just falling apart. And I think at some point in all of our lives, we get to a point where the um, happy-go-lucky girl just um, faces her her big battle, and that this was mine. And so one morning before work, I got up to read my Bible. I'd never really done that before. Um, I, you know, I, I loved going to church. I loved reading my Bible, but it wasn't something that I did every day. Um, so I opened up my Bible. I had no idea what to do, and I just said, God, just help me pray this morning. I opened up my Bible to um, the prayer of Jehoshaphat, one of the kings of Israel. When he prayed for his people, an army was marching against his nation, or it was actually two or three armies marching against his nation. Um, He said, God, this army is coming against me wrongfully, and I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And I was like, whoa, God, Okay, this is we're gonna keep praying this prayer. And I open I got up every day before work, six o'clock in the morning to read my Bible, and I prayed that prayer for seven days in a row. And after that, I was just so hungry for the word of God because the Bible is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It's our daily bread. And the more we read it, the more we crave it. It was a lesson that I learned. 
And so I guess my, my faith testimony is not one of just some radical transformation. I was lost and then I was found. It was more just a testimony of the power of the word of God and how he really pursued me through his word and taught me um, and brought me close to him when I didn't necessarily think I was that far from God, but in reality, I, I really was. Um, and I'm so grateful for all he's done in my life. And just the fact that he found me while I was, you know, in DC and working in such a crazy city. I mean, I'm sure you know, being in DC with Heritage, how, how crazy it is in DC and how really hard it is to feel close to God in that city. I think it's somewhat of a miracle that he did find me there um, and that I was able to grow so close to him. Yeah, that is such a testament, I think, to the goodness and the grace of God that he can find us anywhere even in the midst of crazy job seasons and crazy seasons with family. Hope, how how did that faith that you found then affect the way um, that you sort of had your perspective of, of work? And how did that influence um, even the way that, you know, you chose to go about doing your job in the White House? So right before my first White House interview, I was scrolling through my grandmother's Facebook page. My grandmother was the matriarch of my family. She actually inspired Hope Beauty. And I saw this quote that she had typed up and posted on her Facebook page. And it said that only two defining forces have ever offered to give their life for you. Jesus Christ and the American soldier. One died to forgive your sins and the other died to give you freedom. And that is the perspective that I moved to D.C. with in my head, that I'm going there to serve my God and going there to serve my country. And so I always had that in my head. Um, after I, I came to know Jesus more and more, I felt that I could fully surrender my career to him, that it wasn't just going to be about me. And it never really was. I wanted to be a part of something bigger in my mind bigger than myself. And I always wanted to be a servant to Jesus and to my country. Um, it wasn't until after I got home from DC and I was living at my parents' house in my childhood bedroom. I cried really hard one night. Um, I was unhappy with where I was in life. I'd lost my job in the White House and I cried and I just said, God, surely there is something more. I love serving you in the White House. I'm, I'm not done with that. I didn't want to be done serving you through my job. Um, Lord, what else do you have for me? And I literally went to bed with tears soaking my pillowcase, and I woke up the next morning with the idea to start Hope Beauty, a makeup line inspired by the women of the Bible. And I think that God just totally used everything of the, you know, the initial wanting to be a servant through my position in the White House, but then he just took it a step further and he said, honey, you're going to give me your whole business. And I said, it's yours, Lord. And I'm so grateful that Hope Beauty is not just a makeup company, but it truly is a ministry. I could tell you testimony after testimony of women who have been touched and affected. And truly, some women have had their lives changed just through the ministry of Hope Beauty. So what does it mean that you have a makeup brand that is inspired by women of the Bible? Just that. It is 
different products, all inspired by a different woman of the Bible. So right here, I'm actually wearing the Mary Lip Kit today. It's a lip liner, lipstick, and lip gloss. And the color of it is symbolic of Mary. You know, when I was thinking of Mary, everyone thinks, oh, she's so sweet and innocent and humble. And I, you're like, the first thought that comes to your mind is, oh, that has to be pink. Um, because, you know, pink is our little girl colors. But in my head, I wanted it to be a deeper pink because everyone's always like, oh, that's so sweet. But I think that Mary was really brave and strong to raise the Savior of the world and to say yes to God on the day that the angel appeared to her. But when I started creating the makeup and mixing colors, I was thinking about the colors that you use to make pink, which is red and white. And in my heart, I knew that it was the red blood of Jesus and the white, which represented her purity. And both of those mixed together, red and white makes pink. But then we also have some, we had to get really creative with sound. Like Ruth is a contour stick and the brown of that color reminded me of the wheat she would have threshed so faithfully. Um, and humbly in the field of Boaz. But then right here, I have a little radiant stick. We call them radiant sticks because our faces are radiant when we look to God and never covered with shame. You can use them on so many different parts of your faces. And this is my radiant stick, actually. It's a blush, or you can use it on your lips um, for a lipstick as well. And it's inspired by Eve. It has her Bible verse on the bottom, so you're always reminded of, of who Eve was. And I know a lot of women hate on Eve, um, but... I wanted to remind women of the purpose on why God created women, and there was not a better woman to do that than with Eve. Than with Eve. Um, it's a pink color because Eve was created in paradise. She was created in the Garden of Eden, and I thought, you know, what does paradise look like? And all of a sudden, I saw bright hibiscus flowers just all around her, and so it's like a hibiscus hot pink. Uh, that's the color of Eve. So... Every woman's story is told through her colors um, or the essence of who she is. Hannah is a highlighter because the Bible says that after she prayed, her face was radiant. Rahab is a bright red lipstick because she had the red scarf over the side of the wall of Jericho. We've done limited edition Lydia eyeshadow palettes that are purple for the purple fabric that she dyed. So... Each product really does tell the woman's story and we're, we're working to just grow and grow and slowly add more and more products to the line so that each woman of the Bible will eventually be represented. Um, and I just love the idea that now as a woman gets ready in the morning, she's not stressing out about all that she has to do today or worrying about what people are going to think for her, but instead she's given this time of preparing herself for the day. Almost like, you know, when we get dressed, we're supposed to put on the armor of God well, now, you know, we get dressed and we do put on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace on our feet, the shield of faith and the sword of truth. But now when we go into our bathrooms to really get ready, we can think about, you know, the humility of Mary and the bravery of Esther or praying like Hannah or being loyal like Ruth. And as we, you know, prepare ourselves for the day as a woman, we're reminded of these stories and we carry their legacies with us throughout the day. Oh, I love it. It's so simple in a way and yet so profound because, Thanks. right, that, that's something 
often th- that's our first thing that we're doing in the day, yeah. right? We're standing in front of the mirror. We're putting on that makeup. And to just have those little reminders of yes. these women that live these powerful lives um, that often risk their own lives in order for truth, in order for their uh, for their people, in order for their families. So, oh, so that gave me chills that they, they did. They risked their own lives. Um, and and God, God rewarded them. Um, with a legacy that is written down in scripture eternally in the Bible. And the fact that we get to learn from them is actually even a greater reward. It is our reward that we reap, that we get to learn their stories and, and reap the benefit of knowing their lessons that they taught us. I, I think that it's also so important to remind women and especially young women in today's age where the enemy is attacking them left and right, whether it is with transgender ideologies or with the lies that they're not beautiful. I, it has never been more important to ground women and their identities in God and who he created them to be. And I know so many people will unintentionally weaponize the scripture let not your adornment come from, you know, braiding your hair and wearing gold jewelry. And it's right. Your beauty does not come from those things. I am, as the CEO of a makeup line, I will be the first person to tell you that no amount of lipstick is going to make you beautiful. It's only the truth that a quiet and gentle spirit is beautiful to the Lord. But who would go outside and look at a flower or look at the sky and say that God did not delight in creating that beautifully. And we are also God's creation. And so he also delighted in making you beautiful. The color of your eyes and the eyelashes that line those pretty eyes that just sparkle with the love of Jesus or the way that your face is shaped or the body that will one day bring forth children. And even your hair is beautiful to God. He delighted in making you his masterpiece. You were created fearfully and wonderfully and marvelously. So I I think it's so important and powerful to remind women of that that no, your beauty doesn't come from makeup, but you can have fun with it. And when your identity is rooted in God, your confidence is just taken from one level to the next to the next, because instead of thinking about yourself and vanity, you're thinking about him. One of my favorite Bible verses is Psalm 45, 11. And I've said it to so many women these days who feel like they're not allowed to be beautiful or that they're not beautiful. Um, but it says, let the king be enthralled by your beauty. Honor him for he is your Lord. And so it takes humility, not necessarily vanity, to stand in front of the mirror and say, I am God's handiwork. He created me. He is transforming me. I am his vessel for love in this world. And I'm not going to put down God's creation, even if it's in myself. I'm going to believe what he says about me that the Song of Songs verse in, um, in chapter four, that one look in Jesus's direction just encaptured his heart um, and, and took his breath away. I love that Bible verse that we, just one look in his direction took Jesus's breath away because he loves us so much and delights in us. So, so I think that this is a message that women desperately need to hear, that they're beautiful, that they have a special gift from God in their femininity, and that they can embrace that and and use it to serve the Lord. Hope, I feel so encouraged just hearing you talk. Oh, and... that makes me so happy. <laughs> I love it. I feel like I need to just like take that little snippet and like hit hit play every morning and just like remind myself, yes, like I am fearfully and wonderfully made 
in the image yes. of our Savior. So, so profound. And Write it on a, a sticky note and put it on your mirror. Yes. So that you always have it. I, I saw an Instagram. This girl did Bible verses all around, you know, her mirror so that when she stood in the mirror and going all the way around her was different sticky notes on Bible Bible verse mm. sticky notes. Oh my gosh, I'm getting tongue tied. Um, <laughs> Bible verse sticky notes all around her. So she literally had to look through those Bible verses to see herself in the mirror. And she was constantly just um, reminding herself of the truth of who God says she is because the enemy does come to lie to you and to tell you that uh, you are ugly. You know, one of the lies that he's been telling me ever since I started this. Um, makeup company was that I'm ugly from the inside out. And some days I'll be like, that's not God. Like, but I'll hear it over and over again in my head. You are ugly from the inside out. I'll make a mistake or I'll be, you know, I'll have one of those days where (laughs) you're at home and your hair is just messy. I've been in sweatpants for three days or, you know, you've been cleaning and I look in the mirror or, you know, I've done something that isn't pretty because I still make mistakes. I still get mean and yell at my family. And so, um, the the lie that the enemy often tells me is you're ugly from the inside out. And I just, I just take that thought captive as best as I can. And I make it obedient to God. And I say, Nope, I am beautiful from the inside out because that is how Jesus made me. I may, I might make mistakes still. Um, but that's just because God is still transforming me and I'm still his masterpiece in progress. Yeah. I love that. We have to speak those declarations of truth over ourselves all the time. Now, Hope, I do want to ask you a little bit about the business side. It takes a lot of courage as a young woman to step into the field of business to say, you know what, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go out on my own and promote my own brand and create my own product. What has it been like for you owning a business? And, And what advice would you give to young women who maybe are interested in doing that themselves? I will say that it is not for the faint of heart, (laughs) but I think that what has helped me most is knowing that this is not my business. This is God's business. I've just been given a leadership position in it. And so I think that the first advice that I would give to any woman is to ask God, ask God for direction, ask God for the vision, ask God for the business strategies. One of my mentors told me to take a notebook and write on the front of it, prayer or prayer strategies or strategies for blank. And you could do this for any part of your life, for your career, for a business or a dream, or even for personal um, or personal spiritual growth. And so on the inside of it, you write the prayer. And then once you've written that prayer, it's done. Your part is done. Now you wait on God to answer. And it might take a few weeks for him to tap on somebody's shoulder several times and say, hey, you know, give Hope a call, give, give Virginia a call about X, Y, and Z, or, you know, it might take several months for things to get set up. So don't be impatient, but let God truly work out all the things. And and while he's doing that, you keep pursuing him. Don't pursue necessarily the business or the dream or the gift constantly. You've got to keep your eyes solely focused on God and keep finding new ways to serve him in it. For example, uh, when I pack Hope Beauty orders, I pray over each woman and I ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what does this woman need? Is there something specific I can pray over her? And if um, he tells me something specific, uh, I I say that over and over again as I pack her order. Um, But on the other hand, 
on the business side of it, you've got to do your research. And I, this is coming from a girl who had no idea how to start a business. I literally Googled how to start a business because I needed a checklist of, you know, how to get a business license, how to, you know, I had to go open a bank account and all, you know, how to do your taxes, all the different things. I had no idea how to do half of that in the beginning. Um, so truly, Use your resources but and find some mentors. I've had great mentors through Hope Beauty, whether they've been in the cosmetic industry to help me with product development. Um, some of them have worked for Bobby Brown or Estee Lauder, or um, I even got to meet with the former president of L'Oreal Paris and have lunch with her. And she's given me great advice throughout the um, several months that I've had Hope Beauty and had her as a mentor. But also, you know, find your business mentors too, people who can help you set up a financial plan and a business plan and marketing plan. I mean, don't be afraid to get in there and do the work. You can do it. God has equipped you for every good task that he has set before you. So don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that you can't do it. Um, you can do it, um, not in your own strength, but in God's. And so you've just got to keep working at it little bit, day by day. Hope Beauty wasn't built overnight, and it's still not finished. Uh, there's still big dreams that uh, I have in my heart that I want to accomplish through Hope Beauty. This isn't even like the big project of what is, you know, what's on my website now isn't even the big products that I want to have. So don't be afraid to start small. Don't despise the small beginnings. Mm. Did any of the work that you do that you did in the Trump administration um, carry in to uh, to your work as a business owner? Were, were there any kind of nuggets of uh, various things that you learned as you worked at the White House that then have you've been kind of realized like, oh, wow, this is actually really helpful and I can use the knowledge I gained there now in having a business? So I'm going to tell you a really funny story. I was a pageant girl starting when I might have been in like fifth grade. I think that's when I did my first pageant. And I know that I'm probably getting a lot of eye rolls from the audience <laughs> right now because they're like, oh, pageant, she's from South Carolina. She probably has giant hair. And for the record, yes, I do have big <laughs> hair. We love that in South Carolina. Um, I call it Dolly Parton hair because the higher the hair, yes. the closer to God. <laughs> um, but one thing that people don't know is that pageants provide scholarship for women. Um, Miss America is the largest scholarship provider for women in the world. And two, pageants probably prepared me more for my career than going to college did because it taught me public speaking, interview, and debate skills. And you practice those skills because you've got five to seven minutes in front of a team of judges and one chance to answer a question on stage in order to convince them that you're the winner. So pageants really did prepare me for interviewing. Well, when I got to the White House, I worked in the communications office under Sarah Sanders and Mercedes Slap, And then I moved over to the Office of Legislative Affairs. And one of the things that was in my repertoire was training and helping prepare the president's nominees to go before the Senate for their confirmation hearings. And so the nominee would come in and usually these people didn't have any television training, um, no experience really being in front of a, a, an, a in an interview like that, um, where it's a panel of people in front of you and they're just hounding you and hounding you um, with questions. And so I excelled at those interview preps because of pageants. And I think that I shocked my coworkers. They were always like, Hope, how are you so good at that? And I was honestly ashamed to say, because I was in DC, no longer in the South, that it was pageants um, that prepared me for interviewing for, I mean, even stuff like this to make you just comfortable on camera, talking to people and 
especially how to work a room. Uh, when mm. you go into, you know, the networking events in D.C. or just any room in D.C., honestly, you really learn how to carry yourself with confidence uh, and, and work the room, meeting people, not being afraid to, you know, go up and introduce yourself and have a nice conversation with someone. So it's not necessarily maybe something that I took from the White House. Yes, I got a lot of communications experience there and a lot of good memories and lessons from the president himself. But mainly it was those pageants from my high school days that trained me and got me ready for all of this. Heck, it even taught me how to do makeup. Wow, I love that. Well, and I think I think that it's it highlights the fact that nothing is wasted, right? Like any experience that we have, there's a reason for it and it's going to come in handy sooner or later. And you'll look back and think, oh, wow, I I never thought that I would, you know, reuse that knowledge or that skill, but it'll come back up and it'll be helpful somewhere along the way. Oh, it will. And this just popped into my head. I just want to share it for all the people who are still probably hating on pageants in their head. (laughs) Don't you know that Esther, the whole book of Esther was the very Mm. first beauty pageant and it happened in the Bible. Wow. Because I never about thought it, about that. But yeah. you're right. I mean, it was a group of women. They had to go through 18 months of beauty treatments. And that just makes me, you know, Esther be my favorite woman in the Bible because one day I'm going to get to heaven and be like, all right, girl, let's start these beauty treatments. <laughs> I am ready. Like every woman wants to be Esther because she got to go to the spa for 18 months. And that was her training. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord. If I could be any woman, that would be her because she's good to go to the spa. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Oh, so, Hope, tell us how we can find your products. And when we go to your website, what are we going to see? What are we going to find there? You can shop Hope Beauty at hopebeautyusa.com. You will find all of the products that we have to offer there. And I will say be on the lookout for some new products to drop in about the next month or so. It will be our biggest drop yet right before Christmas. This makes excellent Christmas gifts or gifts for your girlfriends because it's just such a sweet reminder and it's very thoughtful, you know, um, to think about their personality or what they might like. And then it has a sweet message behind it too. But you'll also find a blog. Uh, I write all the articles for the blog myself. My most recent one I released this week was actually a prophetic word for women with cancer. It was called Cancer Didn't Steal Your Loveliness. My grandmother suffered from cancer and several Hope Beauty customers have actually shared their testimonies with me about how Hope Beauty helped them feel beautiful after they finished chemotherapy and radiation. And one day a lady emailed me asking for help. She's in good color and she had asked about, you know, or she had told me that she had just finished battling cancer and I heard the Holy Spirit whisper, tell her cancer didn't steal her loveliness. And so that is my message to cancer patients that cancer didn't steal your loveliness. Uh, It didn't have the power to in the first place because God gave you your loveliness, your femininity and your beauty. And in Romans 8 38, it promises us that nothing can ever separate us from the love of Christ. Therefore, nothing can ever take away your loveliness. That's right. Hope, one question before we let you go. We love to ask all of our guests on this show, do you consider yourself a feminist? Yes or no? Why or why not? Absolutely not. I believe (laughs) that obviously women are 
equal. Women and men are equal, but we are made for totally different things. And my one of my favorite words to study in the Bible is the word that God used when he was talking about Eve, and he called her an Ezer Kenedga. And that word means so much more than just helper or helpmate. It really means life-sustaining helper. And the only other times it was used in scripture was in reference to God himself. Now, I am not calling women God at all. We are, that's not what I'm saying. But it does speak to the testimony of the power and the influence that God wanted to give from his own identity to women through the ability to nurture and bring forth life. And everything that is feminine and wonderful about us really does come from God because we're made in his identity and his image just like men are. It's just differently. And so I think that we can accept that. We can embrace our femininity um, without uh, hating on men. We can use our femininity to nurture them and to bring them up and they can do the same for us. Mm, I love that. Hope, beauty, USA.com is where you can go to get all of the products and hope we have a special, um, a special code, right? Problematic women for all of our listeners. If they go to your website, hopebeautyusa.com and how can they use that, um, that discount code? You just use the code problematic women at checkout, no spaces. Um, it'll automatically capitalize it for you. It's easy as can be just type it in at checkout and it'll give you 10% off. Amazing. Hope, thank you so much for joining the show. Really appreciate you sharing your story today. Thank you so much. And that'll do it for today's episode of Problematic Women. Join us on Thursday morning for a brand new edition. And in the meantime, subscribe and share. As conservatives, we so need your support in the podcast world. So it really means a lot when you leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We read all of those reviews. It means a lot do it if you haven't done it. And thanks in advance. All right. Well, have a great week and we'll see you right back here on Thursday. Problematic Women is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is a product of The Daily Signal produced by Lauren Evans and Virginia Allen. And be sure to follow Problematic Women on Instagram. We produce Problematic Women in remembrance of our dear friend and former co-host, Bree Payton.